0: I feel the Holy Ghost in this house the Lord wants to do something powerful in this place he's not done with this house I'm casting down every evil imagination and everything that exalts itself against the most high God and I'm bringing in every thought and evil episode. for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds I asked the Lord for many things but I did not know what to ask him. In the last few days, there's so many things happening. So I've sought the Lord for direction for the body, for the church, for myself, for my family. And finally, I felt the Lord ask me, what do you want of me? And I had to peel away the outer layers of things and stuff. and I had to dig deeper than than just temporal things. And I asked this. I want to have a revival. I want to win the city. I want to win communities. I want families to be saved. I want the waters of baptisms to be so overflowing that our men that clean the baptismal water have to do it every day. (laughs) And the Lord put the thought in my mind. Well, what did I say to Ezekiel? Can these bones live? And Ezekiel didn't know, but God said, just speak to them. Call it out. No matter what it looks like in this house, I want to tell you, there's ten times as many people that need to be baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost and feel the power of God. It cannot stop in this room right now. There are dozens of your friends and your neighbors that need to have this Holy Ghost. I feel a tug of war in the spirit world. It's a tug of war. It's a fight in the spirit world, but I'm... I feel like we're in the midst of the Holy Ghost moment, and I'm praying that God will anoint me to preach the word. Amen. Typically, I don't read from multiple different passages, but I feel compelled to just offer a few things to the congregation. I'll start at the very end of Revelation 22. Revelation chapter 22, and we'll read a little bit from verse 12 and make our way. And behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me to give every man according as his work shall be. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Blessed are they that do his commandments, that they may have right to the tree of life and may enter in through the gates into the city. For without are dogs and sorcerers and whoremongers, murderers, idolaters, whosoever loveth and makes lies. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify unto you these things in the churches. He's talking about a pastor. Not a spirit being a preacher. I am the root and the offspring of David and the bride and morning star. And here's where I want to get to. And the spirit and the bride say come. Let him that hear say come. Let him that is a thirst come. Whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely come. Amen. I just want to read two verses in the book of Matthew, chapter 1. This is the genealogy of Jesus Christ. There is a separation of 14 generations three times. I'm just drafting from a couple. Salmon, the father of Boaz. Mother, her name was Rahab. Boaz was the father of Obed, whose mother was Ruth. Obed was the father of Jesse, and Jesse was the father of King David. Amen. How about one more? Verse 16. And Jacob begat Joseph... The husband of Mary, of whom was born Jesus, who was called Christ. Everybody said amen. Now, if there's babies screaming, let them scream. I'm going to preach. And the children need to go in and out. That's fine. We'll open up Sunday school in time. I was told this morning that in Wednesday, they already had 82 kids in children's worship. And we ain't even got going yet. <clears throat> <clears throat> we're going to triple that on Sundays. We're going to need help. Because we're going to minister to the children. Amen. <laughs> okay. That wasn't a rounding affirmation, but I know you felt it in your heart. God bless you. Turn to someone and tell them they're the best looking person you've seen all day. But tell him the day is not over. I begin today at a most unusual Place it is not my natural desire to reveal such sordid details. The commonly known statement and an assumption made many years ago concerning that oldest profession that lawless are not. Prostitution would never cease or be dismantled. Even the most refined and socialized peoples have had almost no impact on the practice of prostitution. Laws offer little to no deterrent. Legislation is but a signed piece of paper, nothing more. The scorn of individual communities, the shame emanating from a town square has not caused any decline. It was written many years ago that both Hefner and Flint were but continuations of the exploitation found in societies thousands of years ago. The harlot has found her way into both the civilized and uncivilized community. Solomon wrote of her as the froward woman. In fact, he will pin an entire piece about her. He said, I saw a simple one, a young man, void of understanding. He passed by her house. It was in the twilight of evening, Proverbs chapter 7. And behold, there met him a woman with an attire of an harlot and subtle of heart. She is Loud, and stubborn, her feet do not abide in her own home. She invites him, the simple one, into her home. Without regard to any decency, she will lure him into an affair from which he shall never recover. It's a one-night stand. He goeth after her, the Bible says, as an ox goeth to the slaughter, till a dart strike through his liver, as a bird hasteth. To the snare. He does not even know that it's for his life. He is bleeding out. He has no idea. He's dying. Solomon painted the picture for his time. But she appears in every age. Judah himself will defy the law of the Lord. And meet up with a woman. That he understood to be of the same ilk. Hmm. These scriptures are often hidden from the masses of the congregants that meet on Sundays. These verses rarely enter pleasant table conversations and for good cause. It's Tamar who will trap Judah in a snare. Here's your Bible. And she put her widow's garments off from her and covered her with a veil and wrapped herself and sat in an open place. When Judah saw her, he thought her to be an harlot because she had covered her face. The prostitute has an attire. Both then and now, she is a home wrecker. She is the wedge of a million relationships over. She preys upon the willing man who gives himself over to his vain desires. He is a fool. He is a bird struck through the liver by an arrow. She is the weapon that he has purchased for his own demise. And though it is consensual, perhaps a negotiable contract, The wreckage left in its wake is more than I can tell. And to that end, I have left the bulk of the matter out of this pulpit. But I am pressed by the Spirit to relay something of an end time revival. And we need to understand it. This woman and all those who look far from the kingdom are but a moment away from entering the kingdom. The woman of which I speak is not the only one who has reached her hand into the bonds of marriage and tried to rip it apart. Men and women and a host of other things have added to the destruction of God's original intent, which was the husband and the wife, the sacred bonds of marriage, the family, the core of every healthy society. So God created man his own image in the image of God created him male and female created he them. That was God's first intent, and nothing rose higher than God's original intent, the marriage, the family, the home, to fear the Lord as a family with all the boundaries and structures. Well, the psalmist called them the statutes of the Lord, and as I stand here today, at least in my lifetime, there is an all-out assault on the first institution ordained and sanctioned by God. And all those who participate in this demise have joined hands with that forward woman. They are worldly. Let me say it again. They are worldly. But in the end, there is coming a revival of people. The revival is going to include worldly people. There is a grafting in. A grafting in of the very same people who lived lives contrary to the laws of the Lord. They are worldly people because God in the last days are going to call for people the likes of which you and I may never realize or never thought they would be saved. See, I'm speaking this out because this is a prophetic word. They're going to invade our our room. They're going to invade our thinking. They're going to be part of the 11th hour revival. The call of the 11th hour saints is going to include people fresh from the bonds of sin. Set free by the cross of Calvary. Because the spirit and the bride say come. I don't know if we're really prepared for them, but they're coming. They're worldly. They don't look like us. They don't act like us. They've been full of sin for a long time. They tried to destroy everything good that God set up, but they're coming. And when he comes and when they come and when she comes, the Lord is going to meet them and set them free. I was looking down, but I felt a little angst in the crowd when I start talking about the prostitute and the harlot. There's a little cringing of everybody in the house, and we don't want to talk about those things. What are you going to do when they actually walk in the house and sit next to you and you know where they come from? I'm going to tell you, they're coming in this house because the spirit and the bride say come. if someone walks down to this altar and they hand me some methamphetamines or some heroin or some cocaine, it won't be the first time that I had a bunch of marijuana in my hands at the altar because they're going to come and the world is going to come because there's going to be an end time revival. He's asking me what I want and I'm casting the bread on the water. If I speak it, he'll perform it. Oh. I'm not oblivious. I know the condition of the world. But I also know the power of God. And I'm standing here preaching about the power of God. And salvation to everyone that believeth. Look at the historical account of Israel. And watch the people. They're making it out of the wilderness. Into the land of promise. They are past already the Jordan River. Joshua is the leader of that. Mass of people, he is both qualified and yet a rookie at the same time. He's never led people without the oversight and the instruction of Moses. Even still, Joshua is a military man and he's a man of faith and vision. He's leading millions of people into the land that God has given them. Canaan awaits them. But so does the first battle that, that they confront. They face a fortified city of Jericho. It is a formidable place with no entry The portals are amassed in stones too great to break through. The gates are sealed as the width of the walls speak of her power. All of which are meant to invoke fear in any would-be oppressor or attacker. Joshua needs to know the layout of that great city. What God is going to do. Now we know the Lord is going to do his part. Those fortified walls are going to fall by the power of God. But Joshua wants his spies to seek out the interior when the day comes. So he sends two men. They are commissioned to scale those those walls. They will take their lives in their hands. If they are caught, they will be tortured and killed. They need a place to hide. And much to our amazement, the one person who believes in the power of God and the coming destruction of her city is a harlot named Rahab. There she is. All the aforementioned narratives that I have spoke just previously apply to her. This is the Bible's own description in Joshua 2 and 1. I'll read an excerpt from it. They went and came into the harlot's house named Rahab. The men of that city knew her. Even the king of Jericho knew her address because he went to ask her if she knew where the spies were. There is no cover for her in the scripture. Joshua will mince no words and he will not provide any kind of cloak for her lifestyle or her trade. But there is something about that moment. Rahab through her life, has been destructive. She's a destructive force for every other person. But she believes and she hides the spies of Joshua. She protects them from harm. And she makes this declaration in verse 9. I know that the Lord hath given you the land it is a declaration it is the turning point of a life poorly lived and because of her faith and her protection of Joshua's men there is a promise made to her they said to her do you see this scarlet rope that you are letting us down that you are saving us do you hang that scarlet rope out of your window and when the day of destruction comes it's going to look like a sign of redemption so that we when, when we enter this city everybody who's under that under that scarlet rope under that color under that blood is going to be saved Mm. I want you to see her in all forms Rahab ladies and gentlemen is the world she is worldly she is the embodiment of unholy things but in the end there's going to be a turn and Rahab's going to be saved from the destruction because she believes and the blood is going to be applied to her life She looks like she does because she has not belonged to God. But when the Lord changes the atmosphere in the midst of chaos, her house is going to stand. In fact, her house is going to be the only house left standing. Wait a second. How could that be? Her house was used For the most despicable, ungodly, home-wrecking, marriage-wrecking debauchery of the whole city. But I want to tell you about the blood of Jesus. When the blood of Jesus is applied, it don't matter how, how gross that home used to be. It don't matter how much debauchery used to live there. The blood saves everything. That's why I say to everybody, just, I just want you to know when you pass by those homes, when you see that place and you shake your head, just remember it only takes one covering of the blood of the lamb and everything's going to change. And the things that you think right now, cause the spirit and the Bride say, come the grafting in is on its way. Cause when it all comes down, it's coming down, ladies and gentlemen. Don't get confident in this world. It's all coming down. We just opened the door to the last minute of time. It's all coming down. And there's going to be awakening in the hearts of people who we never thought would come to God. I'm preaching here and declaring a revival of everyone who lived poorly. And every worldly person. And every person who gave themselves over to the whims of the flesh. I'm calling out to every bone that's been dried up. And every person that's been out and lost and far from God. And we never thought they'd make it into the house. And never thought we'd be saved. I'm calling them arise. Arise. Because the spirit and the blood and the bride say come. Feels like a rally. (laughs) Feels like Friday night rally. Where are the pom-poms at? Come on, Derek, go get the pom-poms for the ushers. Give me a C. Give me a J. Time will not permit me to tell of all the enemies that confront the church. There are enemies that confront this church. I was in California and I preached... And some of the saints are watching today. I'm praying for you. I preached at two different churches a few weeks back. In two different valleys, we drove an hour to the next church. One week later, when I left, one week later, that very area where I was preaching, men came into the church with notepads and legal papers. And I looked around and saw some people That they didn't think we're complying. So they wrote a $1,200 citation right at the altar and interrupted the worship. And the pastor went down and said, what what, what are you doing here? Now we're having worship. And the man said, well, your company is not complying with our rules. And of course, the pastor said, this is not a company. This is not a business. This is a church. And we're in the worship, and you're interrupting us. And the man finished writing his $1,200 citation. Everybody knew what was going on. And the drummer... He kind of got mad. <laughs> and he sent the pastor Apple Pay 1200 bucks. Where's my drummer at? <laughs> what do you got, man? And the man said to the pastor, if we come back next week and see the same thing, we're going to write you a $5,000 citation. <laughs> There are enemies of the church, ladies and gentlemen. Mm -hmm. Of course, to retell all the enemies of Israel would take too long, but none were more aggressive or persistent than the Moabites. Moab was the grandson of Lot, who was the nephew of Abraham, who should have been included had it been done right, Should have been included in the covenant. His birth, however, was the result of great immorality and debauchery. The likes of which I I will not say here. But of course, therein lies more hushed tones and hidden scriptures. And the people who came from Moab, they were the enemies of Israel. Because they had come from Israel. And there are no greater enemies than the people who had come. The nation of Moab despised the Israelites and took pleasure in war, making war against them. I'll just read you a few lines. For the Lord hath delivered your enemies, the Moabites, into your hands. Joshua, Judges 3. Speaking of David, he smote Moab, measured them with a line, casting them down to the ground. Even with two lines measured, he put to death and with one full line to keep some of them alive. Elisha is giving instructions for battle in 2nd Kings 3. He said of the Moabites, and this is but a light thing in the sight of the Lord. He will deliver the Moabites also into your hand. Ezra called the intermarriage with the Moabites an abomination. Read it in your Bible and there is much more the Moabites never went away. They were relentless. They are a relentless thorn in the side of the people of God. Death and destruction were their aim never fully conquered. Seemingly always lurking somewhere in the shadows of war. Uh-huh. My brother Scott, he told me once about the man on the desert island all by himself for many, many years. And he, he was rescued and he was showing all the things that he had built. He said, this is my house. And here, yeah, there's my spa built over there. And, 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 and come here, let me show you the church I built. And they look at it, wow, this is all by yourself. Yeah. They said. well, what's that building over there? He said, that's the church I used to go to. <laughs> I got it. Things are not always right. People are struggling. Sometimes people are way up. Sometimes people are way down. That's all right. Just get in the church. Because the spirit and the bride say, come. It's time to get in the church. It's time to get in the church. I don't know who's watching me right now, but if you're a pastor out there and you've been struggling, the Spirit of the Lord just told me to tell you, don't give up now. There's a revival on the way. Get ready. There's a revival. There's a Holy Ghost revival on the way. I do read, but I turned off the news 10 months ago. It was like, Like I lost weight. When abortion is codified and Sodom and Gomorrah are ratified, revival's on the way. (laughs) The darker it gets, the brighter we're going to shine. When the answers for our nation look bleak and things begin to crumble, that's going to be the greatest hour for this house when evil is called good and good is called evil that's the greatest moment for revival in this house when hope cannot be found and fear rules the nations a call will be heard in the depths of everyone's soul the spirit and the bride say come they are coming they may be stained from their past but God's going to graft them in they may not have heritage or understanding but God's going to graft them in and I feel led to preach today a spiritual awakening is on its way and the spirit and the bride Say come. And all the church that believes that word, you should stand your feet right now and shout to God and believe that the Lord is going to open up a spiritual awakening. if you got the Holy Ghost just begin to pray in the Holy Ghost yes Lord we pray right now let it happen Lord let it happen Lord I preach a prophetic word right now. I preach the prophetic word. Come, come. Let people awake out of sleep and slumber. Let the worldly come. Let the sinner come. Let the backslider come. Let the prodigal come. Let the enemy come. Be seated for a moment if you don't mind. Here's the Bible. Salmon the father of Boaz. Boaz, whose mother was Rahab. Boaz, the father of Obed, whose mother was Ruth. Obed, the father of Jesse. And Jesse, the father of King David. And Jesus came from the house of David. Which means that the harlot and the enemy, the worldly and those who opposed them was in the family. <laughs> and if they could be in the family I'm working my way to the end here. What Paul called capital the way," I've been in all of my life. I've been in the way. And I'm thankful for the way. I wouldn't have chosen any other path than the way. But just because I've been in the path doesn't mean I consented to the path. To have knowledge of a thing does not mean that you have agreed with that thing. There comes a time when you have to live like a believer. Not just have knowledge of the believer. Are you with me now? You gotta act like a Christian. You gotta grow up. That's been a central theme around this house. You gotta start talking like Jesus. Uh oh. You gotta start loving like Jesus. You have to be the body of Jesus Christ on the earth. I'm talking about being sold out. No reservations, no lip service, real service. To that end, I consider the words of Job, the Bible says, he did not sin with his lips. Some of you don't think you can do that, but you can. Probably there's more, if we if the story is told, there's more sinning with our lips than any other part of our body. Just for a moment, let it be known. Christians who praise on the weekends, but curse on the weekdays, I call them the modern Christian. They're MC people. Modern Christians, Christians who shout on Sunday, but they fight every other day of the week. They're modern Christians. You're feeling good right now, but on Monday, you got your fist raised and you got a bad word coming out of your mouth, but Bible Christians and modern Christians are not the same people. Modern Christians, they like the religious experience, but they don't follow the Bible. But Bible Christians believe in obedience above emotions. I'm about to get myself into trouble. Bible Christians, B.C. people, they measure their lives by the word. But the modern people, they measure their goodness by intentions. B.C., they strive for the kingdom. But M.C., they're striving for acceptance. B.C., we're seeking for God's approval, but the modern people are seeking for self-approval. B.C., don't mind being set apart, but M.C. are trying to blend in. B.C. are justified by the Holy Spirit, but the modern Christians are self-justified. B.C. live with respect and ask, how will this look on the body of Christ? But M.C. people say, how will this look on me? BC says, what does God want? What does God say? But NC says, how do it makes me feel? And we can all be a part of this assembly, but never accept the call of God. You might know about the way, but you've got to consent unto the way. But if you're going to be part of the end time revival, know this, it won't be your church tenure that grants you entry. It will be your acceptance of his divine call in your life. And it brings me to this point. We are blessed of God to be in this house. You are called blessed. You just look around and say, Yeah, that's right, I'm blessed. You want to turn to your neighbor and say, I'm blessed, I'm blessed, I'm here, I'm blessed. I'm almost done, not really, but I'm done for the day. Mary was a virgin when she was espoused or engaged to Joseph. And the Bible says she was visited by the angel of the Lord. And the next line or the next few lines will tell you that she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. And the question that has been posed of theologians and scholars, men and women who have studied the word for decades and centuries of time, concerns itself with the conception of Jesus Christ. Yeah. When was Mary found with child of the Holy Ghost? How and at what time was that? And I've studied this for many years and always gone always goes back to the same conclusion the earliest and best understanding from many men and women who've been studying this for several centuries have come to this conclusion that her conception came as followed when the angel Gabriel said the Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, the power of the highest shall overshadow thee and that which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. Luke 1, for with God, nothing shall be impossible. And Mary replied, beat unto me according to thy word. The teachers of old, those early writers, and those who held the historical accounts of the first church, believed that Mary conceived Jesus the moment she replied, beat unto me according to thy word. And when she said that, at that moment, she was overshadowed with the Holy Ghost and she conceived the baby in her womb. And the, the issue with the church today is God wants to do something great in our life. We know about the way, but you've got to say, be it unto me. Mary was from the line of David. Joseph was from the line of David. Mary was pure. She was a student of the law. You can say it like this. She grew up in the church. She knew the traditions. She knew all the songs. She knew when to clap. She knew when to raise her hands. She knew all the things that many people in this house know. There are some people that grow up in church... And they know what to do, when to do it. Some people have resistant worship and prayer. You know that kind, don't you? Some of you already know that. You've used it. Oh, here comes one of the mothers of the church. They're going to lay hands on you. Okay, let's just act like we're praying. Oh, Bear your head down the carpet so, so they don't know if you're a hold of God. Just stay there as long as you can until someone leaves you alone fake cry. Uh, no emotion. You got it. Oh yeah. Thank you, brother. Thank you. Someone lays hands on you. Instead of just letting them pray for you, just hug them and you pat them say, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. That, that's the resistant prayer. You don't want anybody messing with you. You know, let's, let's worship God. And you're just kind of looking around nodding. yes, good. Smile. You know, let's jump in you know, a little, little, little bend the knees, you know, half mass prayer. Ain't going all the way up, just a little bit like that. Also, all the resistance stuff, because all of us can learn what to do in this house so that other people will leave us alone. You're living wrong. You know the tradition. You know the songs and the lyrics. But you never said, be it unto me. Because if you ever get to that point, something's going to be conceived in you, it's going to be of the Holy Ghost. And something's going to rise up in you, and you will never be the same. I'm not talking about playing the game of Pentecost. I'm talking about being a powerful child of the Most High God. Come on. I'm I'm ready for the church to be in unity in the Spirit. Hey, if we think that the only person that needs to be anointed is the person that preaches the word, what we've done is we've specialized the pulpit. And the pulpit was never meant to be specialized. I'm just part of the body. I occupy a position in the body. I'm a temporary manager that feeds the flock. But we are all called to be anointed of the Most High God. We all have the Holy Ghost. And it's you've got to do more than just know about the way. You've got to concede and consent to the way. I'm almost there. I know what the Spirit's saying today. I want to know what the bride has to say today. I know what the Holy Ghost is saying. I want to know what the people had to say. Come on, blessing of the Most High God. Be it unto me according to your word. Ayaba, shayaba, sandarabo, shatayaba, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, I pray right now in the name of Jesus, let there be a massive Holy Ghost revival. Let there be an end time revival. I pray right now, Lord, you start grafting into this house. Everybody, every unlikely, every worldly person, every person who's distraught, every person who's lonely, every person who is an enemy of the things of God, you can bring them, you can, you can bring them into this house. Let there be awakening in the Holy Ghost, Lord. Uh, Uh, I feel the spirit of the Lord move in this house and all the saints should be waiting on God right now with prayers in their mouth in the name of Jesus I pray send a mighty revival in the name of Jesus I pray send a mighty revival send a mighty revival uh, Yeah. yes 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 Ha! <laughs> Love them, my Love them with my love. Yada Mahata my Yabata 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 Read unto me according to your word, Lord Hallelujah. <sighs> help me. Wherever you can find a place to pray and seek God let's make this whole auditorium an altar if you want to be down in this front come down to the front if you want to make the size wherever you wherever you can be we're calling on God ask the Lord to change your heart so that you are anointed tell the Lord Whatever you want of me, Lord, I'm, do, I'm here to do it. Ask God to birth something in you. Say it to the Lord. Be it unto me according to your word. Tell him I'm making a commitment today. I want the Holy Ghost. I want the Spirit. I want the power of the Most High God. That's right.